Chapter 8, Friday, Philadelphia. The pre-dawn 95 corridor was eight lanes of pure desolation. It was a quiet drive heading further into uncertainty. 900 miles from home might as well have been a million, because without Lark, there was no home anymore, and they were heartsick in his absence. Other cars were scarce, so Rick drove even slower than usual. His passengers were either sleeping or doing a great job of faking it. There was no need to rush. In fact, he wished the trip could take all day. He would have done just about anything to put off playing the next show for as long as possible. The needle on the gas gauge dipped into the red as they exited Maryland. That's when it hit Rick that their finances were in the same sad shape. They were in such a panic last night that they forgot all about the fact that Lark was holding their cash. Rick thought it over for a minute. Drugs didn't come cheap, and they didn't have that much money to begin with, so he came to the conclusion that Lark must have spent it all. Even if there was still some cash left, he wouldn't have dug through a dead man's pockets to get it. Either way, the fumes in the tank could only take them so far. He grabbed one of the Wilmington exits before it was too late. They had gotten all the way to the northern tip of Delaware, but he couldn't risk going any further. The last thing they needed was getting stranded on a long stretch of highway. He pulled over at the bottom of the ramp where the road curved back underneath the overpass. They had no fuel and no money to buy more. They couldn't call in any favors. They couldn't even push it the rest of the way if they had twice the manpower. That's it. We're done. Rick shut the engine down and leaned forward with his arms folded on the dash. His wits were dwindling even faster than their options. We're not done, said Ash. I'll be damned if we give up now. We can figure this out. He rubbed his hands against the brown fluff coming in along the sides of his head. He tried hard to scratch loose a solution. Maybe we can siphon a few gallons out of another car. How are we supposed to do that? Chris asked. Unless you have a hose or a really long straw lying around, we need a better plan. Bottom line, what we need is money. I'm not begging for change down on the corner, said Rick. If you want to be a street musician for a few hours and collect nickels in a little tin cup, that's your prerogative. Chris gave him a grave look. We're not beggars. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying we find some stiff who can stand to lose a few bucks and take what we need. Rick didn't know how to respond, so he blurted out the first immature thing that came to mind. Eh, I'd rather see Ash with his mouth on the receiving end of a dirty hose instead. I'd actually pay to see that. What's the difference if we're stealing gas or the money to buy it? It's all the same. This'll just be faster. Chris looked at Ash and could tell that he still wasn't convinced, so he tried another angle. Think of all the times we've been screwed over since we started this band. Hell, since we started this trip. All we're doing is taking a little bit of that back just to get by. Ash thought about the past, and sure enough, anger came along with it. He could use all of the digits he had at his disposal and still not be able to count the number of times they had been cheated. You know what? You're right. He tucked a drumstick in his pants and concealed it with the tail of his shirt like a deadly weapon. Let's do it. Rick didn't feel right about it, but there was no stopping Ash once he picked a direction. Fine. I'm in. He knew he didn't have a choice. He was outnumbered and not in any shape to walk back to Florida. They climbed out and took a look around. This section of the city was steeped in urban decay. It wasn't what you would call a hotbed of activity, let alone a popular destination for anyone with disposable income on hand. Their only hope was to head toward the taller buildings. 
Ten blocks away, the reflective surface of a skyscraper was catching the first rays of sunlight. It was like a star in the northern sky, straining to guide them. They followed the glare until the van was out of sight. Then Chris pulled over and said, Let's wait here and see who passes by. It wasn't long before a hard-haired man in his mid-twenties turned the corner. He was dressed in a fresh-pressed three-piece suit, a sea-suit wannabe trying to impress the elders by showing up to work a few hours early. He was so preoccupied with fondling his blackberry that he didn't notice the rough-looking bunch at the other end of the block eyeing him up. The man kept walking in their direction, and they stayed still as statues. Are we really doing this? Rick whispered. Chris nodded. We either do it now or we'll never make it to New York. Seeing this guy strut around with his fancy clothes and his slick back hair got Ash fuming mad. He was the embodiment of every greeting person who had ever hurt him. This pompous ass has it coming. Ash pulled the collar of his shirt up to the bridge of his nose like he had just caught a whiff of raw sewage.